Have you ever spotted McDonald's hot, crispy fries right as they're being scooped into the carton? And time just stands still. This episode is brought to you by the Inspire Collection by Kalia. Just because you're working out doesn't mean you shouldn't look fabulous. The Inspire Collection by Kalia was designed with both style and performance in mind. It looks good, feels good, and stays put no matter how you move. And the collection has everything you need for a day at the gym. A support bra, crop tanks, bike shorts, amazing leggings, and more. It's their most versatile collection yet. Shop the Inspire Collection by Kalia now, exclusively at Dick's Sporting Goods. Hello, I'm Josh Whittacombe. And I'm Rob Beckett. Welcome to Lockdown Parenting Hell. The show in which Rob and I discuss what it's like to be a parent during lockdown, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, in an effort to make some kind of sense of the current situation... And to make me feel better about my increasingly terrible parenting skills... Each episode we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how well they're coping. Or hopefully not. And we will be hearing from you, the listener, with your tales of lockdown parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, none of us know what we're doing. Hello, and you are listening to Lockdown Parenting Hell with... Phoebe, can you say... Rob Beckett. Rob Beckett. And Josh Widdicombe. Josh Wiggleyworm. <laughs> well oh, done. Josh Wiggleyworm. I got rodded off there. Did she rod me off? Yeah. You don't, you don't hear of many rods these days, do you? No. Rodney's a tough name for a kid, isn't it? Yeah. Rodney Beckett. Rod Stewart. Rodney Stewart. How was he so cool? Well, I don't know if he was, was he? Yes. Was he? Come on, Rod Stewart wasn't cool. Fucking hell, mate, he was an animal for it. Was he? With that feathered mullet? Mate, back in the day, that was, he was cool. Rob, I mean, you you have a go at me for my old references, and you're talking about how cool Rod Stewart was back (laughs) in the day. Yeah, but that's that's not a reference. I'm not saying he's cool now, I'm just saying he had his time, and he was cool, wasn't he? When he's in the faces. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying he wasn't cool, but I didn't realise you were such a big Rod Stewart fan. And do you know what? I am a huge Rod fan. Are you? My parents are obsessed with Rod Stewart. They absolutely love him. Were they? Yeah, and um, it was so funny, actually, because when I hosted the Royal Variety performance, clang, um, Rod Stewart was supposed to be headlining, but he couldn't do it because he was unwell. And then when I told my mum, she was devastated. And then my dad went, do you still want to go? I was like, I'm I'm hosting it! Amazing. Um, yeah, but I'm a, hu- a huge Rod Stewart fan. I think he's great live. He, um, Have you seen him? I saw him, I took my parents to see him live at the O2, and he was quality, still putting a great show. He did do a song where I think it was like for war veterans. I think the song's right. about war veterans, and it was all sort of pictures of war veterans. And then he just slipped in a, a photo of him getting all knighted. Unbelievable. Which I just, I just sort of thought, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, well done. He's deserved, I think he's deserved but what, it. But did he do it? In a, he did it in a serious way. He didn't do it in a way where, like, you know, when someone's like, oh, don't know how that got in there. He didn't do that gag. <laughs> no, he didn't do that joke. Picture himself barbecuing with no no clothes on behind his apron. <laughs> Maybe I got it wrong, but I didn't remember seeing loads of, like, sort of, like, soldiers and stuff. And then him. And I was like... Why is he there? Oh, but yeah, love a bit of Rod Stewart. And he was cool back in his day, I think. I think you can yeah. that. Do you know what I mean? I think he's still quite cool now. I, I, it doesn't surprise me that you've been to see Rod Stewart. He feels like <laughs> exactly, he feels like the kind of person 
the kind of uh, person I could imagine you going to see at the O2 and absolutely loving. But oh, ma- my, my parents just like, it's great because he's had a new album come out and it's all like, oh, I love his music. And my mum would go, I love it. It's like he tells a story. There's one about him on Brighton Beach when he met a girl. It's beautiful. It's like poetry of music. And I was like, yeah, it's a song. <laughs> Do you know what? I think poetry is the biggest blag in entertainment. Oh. Is, it, is it entertainment? I don't know what you call it. The arts? I'm going to say it. Go on. I don't know. I don't know if I I buy that you've ever seen a poet. Right. I've, I'll tell you what I've seen. Excluding yeah? Tim Key. Ex- oh, Tim Key, right. Hey, Tim Key's not a poet. He's a comedian and he just does short jokes. He's a comedian that uses poetry. Yeah, I think Tim Key's funny in any any situation as well. Yeah, he's just one of the funniest people that exists in the world. I'm, I'm going to say it. If I had a Rob Beckett bingo card yeah. and someone said, uh, what two things do you think you'll tick off in the first four minutes? I'd have said, I wouldn't have been surprised at seeing Rod Stewart the O2 and don't like poetry. I'd say that. <laughs> that is absolutely... No, I like poetry, right? I'm just saying it's easy. It's comedy about jokes at the end, isn't it, basically, right? So what I'm saying is proper poetry. When you see a proper poem, yeah. right, back in the day, yeah, that's back great. Back in the day when back poetry day, was bloody poetry. Yeah, yeah, and they had something to moan about properly. They're in a war or something like that, yeah. right? And then Tim Key uses poetry well because he's doing comedy a little bit. What I don't like is when you just see someone just like in a pair of jeans and a scruffy T-shirt ranting into a mic called poetry and they're like some sort of social warrior it's just like a fucking shit i could do that i don't know who this is rob name names i've seen them on the circuit they crop up we've done the open mic circuit mate you have to sit for a pile of shit before you get a go it's a nightmare let's be honest rob we yeah. were both a pile of shit in those days oh yeah too bad i was dog shit for so long some people won't won't think i've changed at all but <laughs> but yeah there was people that were dog shit that were getting better and then there were people that were dog shit that were getting worse was was the bleakest when you'd see someone and then you'd see them six months later and they'd say they gigged every night and they were doing the exact same set that just wasn't working? I'll be honest, <laughs> occasionally I text James Acaster the names of people we used to do the open Occasionally, you're the biggest gossip in the industry, There's no Josh. gossip. There's no gossip. It's just me just, saying, here's a name. <laughs> do you remember them? How depressed do you feel now? What annoyed me was when you'd be in a gig with 18 people and 15 of them were school friends of the terrible comedian and they laughed at everything. And I'd sit at the back going, but it's not funny. You're just laughing at your friend because you feel guilty. <laughs> anyway, we got to our parenting. Josh, how's your week been? What's going on? Let's, I've done Rod Stewart. We've done poetry. Got some bad news. I've got some bad news. Oh, no. What's happened? It's been good. So it's the podcast. Oh, yeah, no. awful for the Let's podcast. Let's get back to Ron Stewart. The awful news for the podcast, Rob. Really? We're in quite a good place with it all. You had a terrible week before, though, didn't you? Yeah, but it was you a know scare, what? though. We spoke about the scare. What was the scare? The, the COVID scare. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that was tense. <laughs> so, so Rose hasn't been able to taste anything for a week. Yeah. She still can't taste. I came into contact with someone who'd had COVID, who I can't oh, say who no. it is. No, um, of course not. And so I had to get a test. And if I'd failed that test, i.e. if I'd got COVID, we would have been locked down until the day before due date. Oh, all of you as well, because the whole family has to go into a lot. Well, no, actually, Rob, I'd have been allowed out three days early because I was the one who had it. But they were, they <laughs> get the extra three days. <laughs> Just, you yeah, you're right in here with the kids, yeah? Two days away from... <laughs> yeah, see, like, uh, I've only got three more days freedom, so I'm going to yeah. hit the pub. Um, <laughs> we were both negative. So that was oh, good. Thank God, thank for, God that. for that. Um, oh, that's good. But that would have been an absolute disaster. So I was a bit ill at the start of the week. Oh, I was ill right. at the start of the week. Yeah. Um, but things have really picked up in that my daughter's really uh, 
in a much more positive place, I'd say. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So Where is she? At your mum's house? <laughs> <laughs> Lovely bit of business. Yeah, it's a, sort of a, you know, you've just got to put a puppet in there and now and again do a joke yeah. on this, I suppose. Well, do you know what, Rob? She She is a fan of yours, Rob, my daughter. What is she watching that I do? She watches the videos you do with Tom Allen where you jump over puddles. <laughs> yep, she's a fan of that, sure. And then she's seen the occasional picture of you come up on the, you know when the Sky Planner pushes a TV programme? Oh, yep, yep. So occasionally it'll be... Was it the, the episode of 50 Greatest Plastic Surgery Shockers? Oh, yeah, but I thought it was unfair that you only made the top 20 on that one, Rob. <laughs> You know, like when when you when you first start trying to sell a tour show, you have to put on all your TV credits. So ideally, it's Mock the yeah. Week live at the Apollo yeah. and stuff like that. But at the start, I had fifty greatest plastic surgery shockers, and someone actually said to me, "So what? What number did you get? Was it the teeth?" <laughs> and I was like, "No, I was doing witty banter on it. I wasn't in the list." Um. So anyway, we were watching TV the other day. Yeah. And she said, "That's Rob." Oh. And it wasn't you, Rob. Oh no. Do you want to know who it was? Who was it? Dion Dublin. Dion Dublin? She mistaked <laughs> Dion Dublin for you. What, what is it? The smile at the smile? I don't, I don't know, Rob. I was I was surprised. I am into brass instruments, like Dion. And you're you're into upselling properties, are you? I'm really not into upselling properties. I find that the, the conversation of we bought this house for 200 grand, now it's worth 300 grand. That conversation people love to have, one of the most annoying conversations ever because it's totally redundant unless you're going to take all that money out and live on the street because yes. you're going to have to buy another house that's also gone up by that amount. Yes. So it's, it's, a, it's a constant chasing your tail sort of dick swinging. Well, I'll play this to her so that she can tell that you and Dion Dublin are different people. Okay, sorry. I don't, I don't need to go this hard on your daughter about my opinions on the property market. Well, no, no, no. no. It, you know, she's a fan of you and she's a fan of Dion well, Dublin. What can you say? Is this because there, I feel like you are ready to take the step into the suburbs? Now there's another baby on the way. You're watching property programs. You keep messaging me about Zone 5. Well, you know that I've... I, I have messaged you about... so. I, I'd say once every two months, I consider the move into the into the burbs. I um, yep. And uh, we went to the park last weekend, Rob. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say it. <laughs> it was too intense. It was too intense. What happened? It was too intense. You know the park with the Soviet Union style slides that I've shown you before. Yep. 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 In Victoria At the park. weekends in Victoria Park, the big slides park. It's a bit Victoria. lively, Victoria Park. It is unbearable that park at the weekends it's so it the queue for those big slides is 20 deep it's like going to fucking what? Alton Tower 20 deep 20 leave kids. it that's because Jim. that's because there's nothing for kids to do in East London all you've got's the park Rob I'm trying to upsell my house here mate okay sorry yeah how how's the mice problem and uh, the uh, the slugs <laughs> ah, no, no, the plumbing no no <laughs> let's just be very clear on that it's all sorted. It's great, isn't it? Sorry, it's not all sorted now. because it was never not sorted. <laughs> by the house, just by the it's a beautiful house. Though. But we're not selling it at the moment. No, you're not selling it. Okay. Um, so um, the park was too much. It was just what too no, busy. So there's kids. Rob, did they? I'm sure. I mean, now you grew up in southeast London. But what were your? What were your? Did you go to the park once as a kid? Um, I I I don't remember going 
loads when I was really little, but I went to the wreck, it was called, loads from when I was old enough to go out on my own. We used to play football down there. So I'd go there all the time. But um, yeah, I'd go to the park a bit when I was kids. There's a great, there's some great parks down in South London though. New Barn Park. Well, this is a lovely park, Rob. Rob, this is a lovely no, park. No, it isn't. I've been it's there. Too busy. It's not, it's not it's, a lovely it's park. It's too busy, Rob. It's not so, a lovely park. Yeah, no, no, Josh, in front of me in the slide. Josh, Josh, Rob. it's not a lovely park because it is too busy. Well, you can't just you can't hire the parker. Every park's lovely if no one's in it. Oh, yeah. It's lovely you know park I mean? Monday to Friday. Let's <laughs> okay, put it that right, way. Monday enough, to Friday, enough. it's absolutely beautiful. And then you get all the guilty parents that haven't seen their kids all week. Four boys ran in front of us in the queue for the slide. Yeah. And then... Through stones and sand down the slide to speed it up. Oh no! Oh right, see, I'd want to step in then. Yeah, but what can you do, Rob? You're probably, too far. Back. Probably is in South in in East London like that. You might get involved in a gang war. I think a gang war involves two gangs, Rob. I could only get involved in a well, you in a gang a bit... attacking a private citizen. Yeah, you'd be involved. You'd just be attacked by. You could be attacked by a gang. Yeah, that's basically. what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Did you? What happened? They just threw stones down the slide. What's stones the... and have you seen how fast kids go on the slide when they put sand on it? <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's like cool runnings. It's fucking insane. I've never seen sand be thrown on a slide before. No, neither had I, Rob. This is a new thing. <laughs> so what did you? Because it's weird in East London. There's lots of middle class sort of people There's that have done t- a right for themselves that bought a nice house, and then there'll also be fifteen families in one house renting. So there's well, a very different kids, vibe. I, these kids' parents weren't anywhere to be seen, Rob. And they, they, <laughs> I, I think there should be a maximum age on slide. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, but then who's enforcing that? Well, certainly not me. But no. these kids were probably fourteen. Come oh, on, mate. No, I'm not on. going anywhere near a fourteen-year-old in East London. They could do what they want. I, I don't know. Was I talking about this to you the other day or someone else? Where? Oh no, I was talking about with Charlie Baker, wouldn't it? I do think I could get beaten up by a twelve-year-old quite comfortably. Yeah, I think you probably could. Yeah, so I don't want to get involved in that, and especially when they, their cousins turn up, tooled up. I, I think you could get beaten up by a twelve-year-old, and I wouldn't be surprised to see that as one of your TV credits on your next tour. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart Food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I had a bit of a nightmare at the weekend, Josh. Um, So, um, well, first of all, my kids are just turning into like sassy teenagers, but only five and three. Rob, how are they? Five and three? Five and three. Um, Yeah, I I ate prawns um, in the front, not in the front room, but like in the kitchen area. And my three-year-old went, Daddy, why does my nose smell poo? And that was the prawns, what I was eating. And they said I was disgusting. Oh, for a minute, I thought the prawns had gone off, Rob. No, that's just how prawns smell. I've oh. not eaten off prawns, but I, sometimes I do think if I'm eating a prawn, it's a bit off. Yeah. Do you think, Rob, I've got this feeling the way your daughters talk to you. Yeah. 
I think you're going to become the victim in this household, Rob. Do you know what it feels like? It feels like I'm breeding middle-class people, and even though they're, I'm the dad, and I'm sort of like contributing quite a lot to all the bills, I feel like I'm going to have to sort of build a little building, a little room that I go in like for staff, and I just sort of drive them around like a sort of My Fair Lady type character, just sort of like yeah. driving around these little kids that tell me off all the time. Are you thinking, of, what can you do to win them over? I don't, want to, I don't want to go too big on this. Have they completely lost respect for you? The eye rolling suggests so. The eye rolling? The hand on the hip and eye rolling. Oh, my word. It's getting well out of hand. And oh, I, Rob. When we was in Hobbycraft earlier, I just surrendered. It, t- it basically turned into supermarket sweep. The amount of... Sti- I think I did 15 quid on stickers. Oh, Rob. You're trying to buy them off. You just can't... <laughs> I'm off. That's what I'm doing. You're a respected member of the TV community, Rob. Well, I tell you what, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not uh, respected. I think I got. Um, I think I got profiled in Waitrose. Oh yeah, keep talking. Because I go to Waitrose and I don't fit in there really. I've got like my big. You know, you've seen how I dress. I dress like a roadman. I've got a Paris yeah. Saint Germain coach jacket on. Yeah, you, which you gave me shit for. Which well. Bad week to be wearing that, but yes. Yeah, but- exactly. Terrible. I'll tell you what, though. The uh, clientele that frequent Waitrose aren't really on top of the Champions League results. No, They're all sort of no. big-bellied Six Nations bastards. They clocked in for a little bit of debate about the European Super League. They're just shuffling around cotton traders head to toe. Anyway, so I'm in there, and I like it. You get a little scanner, yeah? Have you had the scanner thing? No, but I presume you just walk around scanning your stuff as yeah, you go, it's right? it's a dream, right? So you go in there, yeah. you you put you press a little button, you get your scanner, you scan it all, then you go to like a self-serve thing and then you pay and then you leave. You don't have to see anyone, you can pack as you go. Anyway, I got to the end, random rescan check. So now I had to queue up, unload <laughs> oh, all the shopping, get it scanned by someone, then load it back up. Oh my God. What is the point? And then I started turning into a bit of a Karen and I started going, what is the point of this system if you don't have trust? And then it turned into, I was like, but where's the trust? I'm like, talking to like a 16 year old like who doesn't oh, give a mate. shit or know what's oh. going on and I could you know when you feel yourself becoming a Karen and you're oh. like stop being a Karen oh, you're, the, God. you're a chilled out comedian you love a laugh but I don't want to pack my bags again and I was like and then I was like no it's not you you don't make the decisions and all that and I was like oh, no, shut up shut Someone's up made that decision yeah but not the person on the checkout that's having to deal with it all they went we'll help you pack right and they got my bag they put eggs in first what oh, kind of I mean, sicko on, puts on. eggs in that is just like a child wouldn't put eggs in. Like, if you got, if you trained, like, you know, when they do, like, in the 80s, they did mad tests with chimpanzees. A chimpanzee, yeah. before training, wouldn't put an eggs in first. No, would of course they? he wouldn't. It was of mental. And I was like, eggs in first, don't put eggs in first. Anyway, so, but they were all lovely and apologetic, but I was just like, don't, I just didn't want a random rescan, Josh. Like, what's the no. point? That's like getting, you know, when your bag gets pulled at customs, the absolute heartbreak. You know when you know when it it takes the left turn out of yep. the uh, machine thing. I find it's too tense, Rob. I'm thinking, have I have I got a a kilo of heroin that I forgot about? <laughs> Did I not scan that bag of coke that I just got in wage? <laughs> no, but then I was like, oh my god, what if I've not scanned it properly? Oh yeah, well exactly. Were you thinking this could all go wrong? I all I could think was Anthony Worrell Thompson. Yeah, Richard Madeley. Did he do it as well? Yeah, he got done. Sometimes they're just like the buzz of theft, don't they? Those sort of celebs. It's the like only that. way to feel alive, Rob. That's what <laughs> you'd be telling the press. I just wanted to feel alive again. I just wanted to go back to my roots. I think if a story came out in the press that you had got caught stealing a 240 box of PG Tips tea bags from Waitrose. The main damage to your reputation would be that you'd been to Waitrose. Yes, I think that would be the big problem. And PG tips. Surely I'm a Yorkshire Sea man. Do you well, know what of I mean? course, so yeah. I think I, I do think that would be more damaging than theft. Nothing, nothing as nice as PG tips in the Beckett household. Yeah, but a bit of theft might 
bring up the old street cred again. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of like yeah. a sort of self-serving way. I might I'd, I'd say the use of the word street cred is probably where your, your problem is, Rob. Do you know what? Now I've had now I've had a rescan random. I'm going to thieve next time because it's unlikely I'll get two rescans in a row. Of course, you're not going to get gunned twice, are you? I'm never going to get random rescan twice in a row. So now for me, it's hunting season. <laughs> I'm going at it. Uh, not that you're going to do this, obviously, or you, well, you'd recommend. Okay, you are going to do this. No, okay, no, I'm not. What do I have to say so I don't get in trouble? Yeah, obviously, I'm not. Obviously, I'm joking. If you were, not that we're telling people to steal, but obviously, you are going to do this. If you were going to do this, yeah. What item do you think you'd have the best chance of stealing, Rob? What, do you know what I'd steal? High, highest value, but you've got to get away with it. I would. Not that you want to do this. Okay, no, obviously, I'm not going to do this. If this is what this is, this would be my plan. Yeah, I would. A couple of ways. I would get something like multiple things of. So I scan two of them, but put four in and go, oh, maybe I didn't scan it enough. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah nice. Or what I might do is get something that's quite high value and just scratch the barcode a bit and then go, oh, maybe that's why I didn't scan because the barcode wasn't working. Yes. They're right. my ways out. But I'll tell you what I would nick, right, because it pissed yeah. me off in there, yeah? Like, it's expensive, I chose, but the food's nice, right? So I don't yeah. I don't mind it. Lou, That's where Lou wants to go, and it's our treat that we go there, right? Yeah. Sometimes we go to Mark Spencer's as well. Not and judging you, Rob, not judging you. We go basics at Sainsbury's, which is still a little bit flash, isn't it? Let's face it. Anyway, so I was there. You sound and like the- Boris Johnson trying to clear <laughs> up this John Lewis quote. <laughs> yeah, but I was walking through. Tim Foley Waitrose is Spenny, yeah? Is it? How much is tin foil? Come well, exactly, on, man. exactly. Like back foil, or whatever, right? But you get the Waitrose one; it's always a bit more. Right? They're sneaky the way they do it. And then one was right tin foil, and then above it was like it said a pound. I thought, and I thought, oh, that was like it was a pound for it, right? I thought, oh, that's that's better than what that one is, right? A pound for it, and it said organic, and it said if you care enough, pound, oh. and it basically was like a recyclable, proper, environmentally Greta Thunberg friendly. That Tim Fall, and then I read reread it, and it wasn't a pound; it was save a pound. It was three pounds seventy five. Three pounds seventy five for a bit Rob. of Tim Fall because it was environmentally friendly. He went, if you care enough, I was like, don't you fucking guilt trip me? Because you know what the answer is? I don't. <laughs> I do not care enough to spend four quid on Tim Fall. So what I would do, I'd nick it and put it in the bin immediately because that'll yes. show. Them. That'll show them. That'll show them, won't it? That'll absolutely show them. I don't <laughs> yeah. know how, but it will show yeah, that'll them. Yeah, that'll show them. I don't know how, but it will show like, them. I do have bursts of moments like that when I feel like I'm being ripped off. Have you ever been to the Grand Canyon? Uh, no, I've been to the Niagara Falls. So that's a different anecdote. So I don't know why. I... <laughs> it was just, that's just deep and in North America. Yeah. Like, that's what you it's went there. It's big and it's in America. <laughs> no, but my granddad was a coal miner. Does that help? <laughs> But no, but so when you go to Vegas, you can get to the Grand Canyon, but it's not worth going really to get to. You need to go from somewhere else because it's about a four hour drive. Right. The old Hoover Dam's amazing. Go there. Don't bother with the Grand Canyon because the only bit you can get to, you sort of the Grand Canyon's massive, but you get funneled into this tiny little thing, and you have to end up paying like twenty quid, and then you get to see a bit of the Grand Canyon, but you also get all this other crap that you don't want to go to, and it's yeah. an absolute rip off. I'm like, it's a hole in the ground. How can you charge for a hole in the ground? Do you know what I mean? And then in the end, I was in there and I was watching my. I had the urge to break a tap <laughs> just to feel like I've got my money's worth. I don't know. Do you ever get that urge? Yeah. No, I know. I know the exact feel like you've got your money's worth is um, I do it with, with weekend upgrade. I try and make back my 15 quid on the train. Oh, right. Yeah. With, with like drinks and food and crystals. Yeah, I reckon yeah. I, it becomes a challenge. Obviously, with the Grand Canyon, you're trying to get 20 quid. Yeah, I'm breaking exactly. a tap, really. I suppose that is... Would you pay 20 quid to break a tap? I'd enjoy the thrill of it. Possibly I would. Yeah, I mean, I'd say that was a fair exchange of cash yeah. for experience. Yeah. 
Well, I'm glad you did that, Rob. Yeah. I do. I should should outline that. Obviously, uh, I'm not stealing, and we shouldn't steal. No, but we all know next time you go into Waitrose, you are getting pulled. Whatever happens, and they would they'd be <laughs> stupid not to, Rob. But no, obviously, I don't do any of that, and I wouldn't recommend it. It's a terrible thing. To no, do. yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Um, I, oh, this is exciting, Josh. You know, I'm talking about. I'm nearly out the woods with the kids. Like, yeah, I think physically tiring wise, I'm out the woods, but I'm starting a new journey of emotional abuse from my uh, kids as I yeah. head into sort of yeah. Which do you prefer? Um, at the moment, I feel like I can handle the emotional abuse, and I'm looking forward to the extra sleep. So I feel like it's quite a nice period yes. yeah. before they start going out drinking and stuff when they're teenagers. Um, but a couple of things happen so basically we give the kids ipads on the weekend okay so yeah. they're allowed the ipads when they wake up because then we get a lie-in so they wake up at half six we let them have the ipad for about an hour and a half then we can get up about half seven eight it's a nice trade what i'm enjoying rob yep is you've told me that before and it used to be an hour so the ipad time has gone up by 30 minutes but but we're not doing it in the week because in lockdown oh, they course. add it every day right which okay. is too so weekends yeah weekends they're allowed it a bit longer so that's fine so anyway this morning that the eldest come in can I have my ipad like that and then the youngest woke up and then the eldest knows her password the youngest one doesn't and she went oh we went i'll give it here we need to do her password and she went i'll do it for her what's the password and then half asleep, I just I was like, oh, for six, one, four. Uh, and I just told her, she went, thank you, and walked off. And I, at that moment, it felt like she was in charge of the house. Oh, Rob. Rob. And I just went back to sleep. Oh, God. Do you know what? This makes me worry. <laughs> because since we interviewed Faye Ripley. Yeah. Right. It's, it's had an impact on me. Right. <laughs> okay. In that. That feeling when she talked about how when they're teenagers and you feel that all that time has just, when they were kids, has slipped between your fingers like sand. Yeah. And I really, now my big worry is that this this is all going to, you know, when you're like, you've got a baby and you're like, all you got to do is get to like six weeks and you've got these targets of where you got to yeah. get to. And you're like, I don't want to be wishing my life away because this is the best bit even though at times it feels so tough. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but what I'd say is, though, you, like, you can't... Uh, if I want a really strong relationship with my kids, yeah? And I want to connect with them and make sure that when they're grown up, we're, like, we're, like you know, we love each other, we spend time together. And I don't I, want we... them to grow up, Rob. Well, yeah, but they're going to. That you're, no, in, deni- you're in denial. You're in denial. They're going to. I am in denial. I'm happy with that. So my what I do now is right. It's like anything, you know. Like, for like, if you want to write a tour show, or write a book. You can't worry about the whole book or the whole tour show. You just have to worry about that sentence you're writing in that moment or that joke you're writing in that moment. Okay. And then if you keep focusing on that moment, by the end you've got a show or a book. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's the why same yours with kids. all fit with a perfect narrative, isn't it, Rob? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's why mine's all over the gap. But it says it's effective. Anyway. Anyway, so all over the gaff, absolutely <laughs> perfect description. So what I've decided to do with my kids now is make sure that I'm fully present in the moment with them. So if I'm bouncing on a trampoline, I am there giving it my all. We are bouncing on a trampoline. I'm not there worrying about what I've done with them, if that was the right thing to do. And I'm not worrying about like, oh, a holiday that they might go on in the future, if they appreciate yeah. it or not, and that kind of thing. I know. So if you're just stuck in the moment, and then if you're concentrating on that moment, then the only thing that exists is that moment and the rest will take care of itself. And then if you just carry on doing that, you never have to worry about what's going to happen because you're only ha- worrying about what's going on now. Yeah. And you'll be dead. They're dead. And also, you can't really help them. They're, they're going to be adults and make loads of mistakes. Oh, You've God. just got to do your best you can oh, and then God, t- say, see you later. I think I'm an emotional moment. You are. I think you've got a baby coming. You've got a baby coming. I'm emotionally coming. raw. Rob, I listen. There's a so-, so I did a podcast, Rob. Okay. 
uh, where uh, with Dave Roundtree, the drummer from Blur, I had to choose my favourite Blur B-sides, right? As you can <laughs> yeah, imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't do the numbers of this podcast, but it certainly means more to me, right? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. totally fair. Yeah. Um, there's one called Young and Lovely, which is about... Sounds a like child. a terrible search, that. That's, oh, like, yeah. that, that's the kind of thing <laughs> that you are getting your hard drive taken well, by l- the police. Let me be that. very clear that David yeah. Albarn wrote this before the internet came along. Young so, and Lovely. Young and okay. Lovely, right. But uh, yeah, put it in Spotify, but don't put it into other search engines. Young and Lovely. But it's about a teenager going out on their first night and uh, their first night out and the parent dealing with it. Yeah. And genuinely, I was listening to this, Rob, and I, I began to cry. Oh. And I was like, I I can't deal with this, Rob. <laughs> I can't deal with the passing of time. <laughs> Someone stop it happening for the love of God. Yeah, but then but Josh, you're you can. Because you, if you stay in the moment, you can because there is no passing of time in the moment. It's happening. Thinking, it's you thinking about the past and the future that's distress. I know. So that's your cheat. It's focusing oh, on what's God. happening now. Then there is no time passing, is it? Because it's always now. Yeah. Do I sound like I feel like I'm trying to start a no, Ponzi I scheme? Feel like <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's I like feel a cheat like code. this this interview is going to be used in a six part Netflix documentary about the cult that you started. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everyone's going now, and everyone's like, "But Rob, the house that that house is going to burn down. It's on fire. Don't worry about it. It's not that hot. <laughs> Just chill out. It's now. Come on, guys." Anyway, Josh, I've got I've got some help for you if about um, new babies coming. If that's going to help your emotional state. Oh yeah, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll say something to you after that then. Oh, okay, cool. Right, here we go. Like, because you obviously get a bit, a bit emotional. Your baby's literally due in a week. Raw, Rob. That, yeah. Next Tuesday's podcast, which we'll have to record in advance. Yeah. Will be my last one as a parent of one child. Wow. So is that is that are you at what's uh, you don't have to answer this, but is it a C-section? Is it a normal birth or is it what's the plan? Uh, yeah, it's a planned C-section because uh, last time was. Not a laugh, and we were advised <laughs> to go with a planned C-section this time. And I'm not going to lie to you, Rob. When they gave that advice, I punched the air. <laughs> I think my wife was pretty pleased as well, because it's probably, it's a real gift of a piece of advice. Yeah, as well, because I, I, there is a lot of undue pressure as well, I think, on women that, like, um, you've got to have a natural birth and all this and all that, totally, and no painkillers. Yeah. It's all load of fucking bollocks. Just get it out, get on with it. Come on. I mean, yeah. don't beat yourself up. However, no. it comes out, well done for growing it. That's what I'd say. Yeah. Right. Anyway, here's some tips because you, you for the new baby. Was that the help? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, I hope so, Rob. I'm emotionally vulnerable. Very emotionally vulnerable. Um, I have a tip for Josh when the baby comes. If you need to make it easier for your daughter to cope with Rose feeding the baby or being unable to pay her attention, you could get a special busy box. This is a special box of toys and games exclusively for that time. Get it out when the baby needs a feed and maybe add little treats to it every week. She has to put it away when mum is finished. It will distract from her, make her feel special when Rose can't spend oh, some time with her. Hope tip. it helps. That's, that's Sophie a good tip. near Southampton. She sent that on the M3. <laughs> <laughs> near Southampton <laughs> he says that good luck hopefully you get there and fleet services I think that's a really good piece of advice Rob yeah I, I, I can't tell you how unprepared we are okay have you got a buggy 
Yeah, although uh, we did have two until yesterday, and then my friend had his uh, stolen, so we're back down to one. Stolen? Where from? Uh, from their car. Like smack, they broke in and stole it. Yeah. Oh, that is that's horrible for them also, but for that poor person that is obviously so in, in such a bad place that having to steal a buggy. Well, yes, Rob, I I agree with you. My friend didn't have that feeling themselves. <laughs> I'll tell you where you need to go, mate, Zone 5. Because in Zone 5, they will just steal the car. And then it's less... <laughs> it's less the it's car less or the catalytic converter. So it's less tragic because, you know, it's they're easier. just scum. It's easier insurance-wise as well. Exactly. And then, like, you know, having to ring someone up. They stole a buggy. Oh, so you lent them the buggy. So have you got a, have you got a uh, cot or anything? We've got a cot, which I've put up, which is too big. We have to shimmy past it. Um, <laughs> I suggested that we might need to move the cot to the other side of the bed... Uh, uh, well, can I stop involve... you there? Can I... Why yeah. are you suggesting anything? Well, i tell you why, because I couldn't get... Just let Rose pick and then you go along with it. That's how it works. Well, I and I don't get... sound she like an old... get past school. and I couldn't get past, Rob. Yeah, but then you don't... You just have to let them... Yeah, well, realize my suggestion tell went you. down like a crock of shit. Yes. She said <laughs> she couldn't imagine sleeping on the other side of the bed. Oh, well, so, so okay, so you have your side. It sides. involved a... A change in the side of our bed sleeping for the first time in our nine-year relationship. So what side are you on? Uh, if you're lying on your back, I'm on the left side. Okay, yep. Same as me. Yeah. Are you nearest the door? Because sometimes... No, I'm, I'm not. I'm nearest the window. I'm nearest the window too. So it, there's more space on your side where the cot needs to go, but Rose is quite anti-switching sides. Well, there's, there's not any space on my side, but obviously you don't need to get past because that's like the corner. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, so you can just pop pop it in there. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So she's very anti-sleeping on a new side of the bed. Yeah. Has anyone listening ever swapped? I, I would never consider... You know when you're a kid and you'd like rearrange your bedroom and it was the best thing ever? Yeah. Suddenly it felt like you got a new bedroom. I think it might be like that. It might give us a, you know, an excitement. A free well, yeah, song. I think so. It might spice things up. I don't think it's going to spice up for a good couple of months yet, Rob. <laughs> couple? You're, you're confident? Yeah. Good couple of years. Anyway... <laughs> Good, good solid decade and then we're yeah, back good, in the game well, yeah exactly when, when, when all time has disappeared through my fingertips um, <laughs> have you got any other tips Rob um, yes I do um, so here hi absolutely love the podcast save my sanity in lockdown etc etc seems a bit flippant actually um, yeah. I just want to share etc 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 no actually tell us we need the praise I just wanted to share a second child tip that has helped avoid many many meltdowns um, I have a three year old and an almost six month old who was born the day of lockdown ideal so it's been an intense uh, this is a six month old email this I think um, sorry we are trying to get through them it's a bit intense is an understatement. We obviously reuse so much crap from our eldest. A slight change of wording has avoided many meltdowns and my husband hasn't been as fortunate enough to swerve. So basically, because they're giving the yeah, baby like the or the little rattlers or whatever. Yeah, so my husband says that that was your, insert toy, outfit or something, and the three-year-old loses their shit. How dare the baby have this treasured yeah. possession, even though Understandable. they're not using it anymore, you know, changing mat or whatever. However, they now say, you used to use that when you were little. A subtle change. that's a good one. I'm writing it down. I'm writing it down, Rob. You used to use that when you were little. When you were little, yeah. That's a baby thing, isn't it? Should we give it to the baby? Yes. Oh, mate. Also, my five-year-old today, Lou's taken them to this, like, nature trail thing. Um, There's loads of these in a zone five. I've written this on a post-it, by the way. Oh, 
Oh God, you're so 2012. She's taking the kids to like his nature trail walk um, with her, their cousin. Um, and then, so my eldest has said, I've got an activity for us all. She's written down on three bits of paper, things like the sun, flowers, tree, grass, a cow, and put little tick boxes next to it and three pens. She's set Astonish. an activity for the three children. Oh, my word. And on one of them, because the youngest... Like an I spy activity. Yeah, and the youngest can't read, so she did drawings. So oh, now, my God. She's creating God. her own activities. Your family is self-sufficient. You are not needed. <laughs> yeah. You're just walking around Waitrose being followed by a security guard while your family gets on with life. Give your kid a fish and they'll eat for a day. Yeah. Give them a fishing rod and teach them how to fish. They'll fish forever. Exactly. Your they just create their own activities. And they hate fish as well. Um, we've got another one here about new babies. Oh, no, this is just... Is that new? Oh, no, these aren't about new babies, but these will make us and anyone listening feel better about their own kids. Okay? Okay. So this one's from Nat Grange. Um, title of this is, get ready on the bleeper, Michael, pig c***. Jeez Louise. <laughs> so, this and is this about... is a helpful email, is it, Rob? No, this is, uh, it'll make you feel less worried about your own oh, kids. Okay, good. And these people got embarrassed. Um, and it's about when kids say the wrong words, but they're being offensive, they don't realise. So my two-year-old son, Harry, has been practising his animals. This was great when he saw a pig and it's three piglets at the local farm the following day. Running over to them and screaming, pig c*** at the top of his voice. Oh, my God. Love the podcast. I've listened to every episode since you started. What? 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 Uh, There's no no more info. Where's the explation? There's got to be a reason for that, right? You can't just just tell us that without... I thought I was going to be like, oh, right, this is going to... Well, that's just it. Like that, that he was saying the c word for like for like pig pen or something yeah. or whatever, but no, he just he just screamed at his pig. Anyway, so this one is disgusting. So if you are eating, uh, don't at the moment. <laughs> Hello, lockdown parenting hell team. I absolutely love the fact that this lady thinks we've got a team. Yeah, um, just me, officers. you, and Michael. Um, yeah, only met Michael once in a year. If I hadn't met him, Josh, I think we'd, I would have been getting catfished by you, and you're so you're just um, taking all the yeah. money, pretending there's a producer. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, Rob. I'm staying up late at night. Um, <laughs> putting on a deep, sexy voice. Putting up a deep, sexy voice and uh, <laughs> editing you out the podcast. I've never listened back, so I wouldn't know. Anyway. Uh, it's, I'll like, just keep... it's like Fight Club. The only... <laughs> the only way I know I'm in it is on these emails. They say, Rob. That's the only way I'm sure. <laughs> so anyway, this is... Uh... Uh, oh, we have a one-year-old son, George, um, two yeah. in November, who, like most toddlers, loves a bath time regime. Um, <laughs> however, our delightful son has started with a new routine. He now frequently poos in the bath. Oh, no. Okay. The first time was not ideal, slightly inconvenient, but manageable. However, we're now 17 poos deep. Oh, my God. Involving a range of different formations, <laughs> textures, and floatability. Oh it's gotten so bad, we've invested in a fishing net to scoop out his poop. Oh, my God. Which is always an awkward topic when visitors use the bathroom. We've tried a number of different techniques and distraction methods, but we've rapidly run out of ideas. Any help? Welcome. Many oh, thanks, George's God. personal pooper scooper, Abby. Oh, I mean, that, my word. The, the, the investment in the net is just a low moment. Yeah, that's you're, no, that you are admitting defeat. As soon yeah. as you buy, as soon as you buy the net, you've lost the war. Yeah, I mean the net. It's like the people in Jersey deciding to learn German. What are you writing and what are you writing into Amazon to get that the right net to come up? I think you've just got to be preemptive with, with their face because you can tell when a kid's doing a poo, their eyes change. It looks like yes. they've just. It looks like they. You know, before you know, before when the calculators on your phone existed, and you had to try and split a bill in a restaurant, and your yeah. eyes did that, trying to yeah. add it yeah. up, right? And um, their eyes go. So I think you've just yeah. got to preempt those eyes, and then get them out and put them straight on the toilet or the potty. 
But if they're only 18 months, they're probably too young for a potty, aren't they? That's a bit young to do potty yeah, training. Yeah, a bit young for the potty, I think. bit young for the potty. Oh, my God, the net. <laughs> oh, and having to clean the net as well. Oh. Soaping up the net after it's taken a shit out of the bath. And you've... I mean, part of me would enjoy the kind of, you know, kind of fairground gamer element of getting the shit with the <laughs> no, net No, you wouldn't, mate. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> It feels like, you know, um, you're going to turn on the TV in a few years and go, yeah, Taskmaster have run out of ideas here. This is totally unacceptable. In a few years? <laughs> <laughs> um, they, um, they want to say, oh, Task, that's what I want to say about Taskmaster, because there's a fan of yours from Taskmaster. Oh, really? Gillian um, uh, Barkley said, um, her daughter's first celebrity crush is Josh. Oh, my word. She's only five years old and would like Ooh. to hold his hand. Oh, God. That's I cute, isn't absolutely... it? hit my target market. The next tour is going to be five-year-olds and tired parents. That is what it's going to be. <laughs> it started with watching the child-friendly version of Taskmaster. Yeah, so if, if you want to watch Taskmaster... Is there a child-friendly version? Yeah, on, I don't know if it's on E4, but they do a bleeped-out version, so it's it's a pre-watershed. Uh, so if you wanted uh, to watch that with kids, and my, the kids do quite like it, actually. Uh, yeah, my I kids bet. have seen a couple of episodes. She cheers for him every week and gets very annoyed if someone else wins and gets very happy every time he's on the screen. So, Well, Rob... Mm. On that, I should offer congratulations that you're now officially a stiff neck. Why am I stiff neck? Because you've been nominated for a BAFTA, Stiff Neck Central. Yes, Grand Grand Central Station of the Stiff Necks. I'm exactly. arri- I've arrived. Exactly. You are now officially a stiff neck. Am I an artist? Uh, <laughs> let's not what? push it. Okay, yeah, a craftsman, an entertainer. Yeah, um, a means congrats- to an end. How does it feel to be a stiff neck? Do you know what? It's quite... Um, what what I've realised is, if you want to get a BAFTA nomination, you just need to stick a tube up your ass in LA, and before you know it, you're in the noms list. Well, that's exactly. what I did on the basketball. Adam Hills stuck a tube up his ass on a last leg. He's been nominated. Has he? Oh yeah, he did a prostate exam on the on the yeah. telly. Didn't oh yeah, it? it wasn't a tube; it was a finger. But either way, <laughs> what is a finger if not a big solid tube yeah, at the end just, of the day? Just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's not, let's not get bogged down by it. But um, yeah, no, I'm king of the stiff necks. I'm now a stiff neck. King of the stiff necks. Are you excited? I'm excited, Jeremy. Yeah, to be honest, it's, it's nice to, you know, I, I'm not really. The problem with these kind of awards is the people that really care make me feel physically sick. Yeah. So I'm excited and it'd be lovely to win, but it's great to be nominated. And it's, and to be fair as well, that show, it's for the show, not really just like, like for me and Romesh. So the people put so much effort into making me and Romesh look good. So I'm really happy for, for them as well because it's sort of, it's all good, isn't it? So I, I said the opposite when the last leg was nominated. I said, this is purely for me, Adam and Alex. <laughs> The, but not the Paralympians that sort of got you Absolutely. on your way? Absolutely. Oh, well, let me tell you this, Rob, right? Oh, oh you're not anti-Paralympics, are you? I am not anti-Paralympian, Rob. No. I know which side my bread is buttered on that <laughs> issue. <laughs> so in 2012, Rob. Yeah. Well, 2013, I suppose it was. The Channel 4 Paralympic coverage won the BAFTA, Rob. Oh. Do you know how I found out about this? How? Hilsey and Brooker went along. As part of the Paralympic coverage. But you didn't go. They forgot to invite me, Rob. <laughs> I was nominated for a BAFTA eight years ago. and they Well, I wasn't. I was part of a huge thing that won. <laughs> they, they didn't so, fucking invite me, mate. I didn't get invited. <laughs> they couldn't. 
That was very new to TV at this point. Yeah, So at the time, I didn't really think anything of it. Now I'm like, are you kidding me? That is meant... Also as well, I'm I'm thinking... And then, right, on the Friday, as an apology, I got given a a day at a spa, a little voucher, a day at a spa. Oh, that... Oh, did you have a nice time? Do you know what? That was the first sign that I realised I'd actually been done here because I hadn't thought anything of it. And then when I got given the day at the spa, I was like, why are they buying me off here? (laughs) Sat there in your robe, fuming. <laughs> Absolutely livid as Adam Hills holds a BAFTA with Ellie Simmons and Claire Balding. Also, though, yeah, because the because the last leg was a big part of that coverage, wasn't it? Because obviously you had the sports coverage, well, but two that thirds was... of it was, mate. <laughs> Absolutely livid. Oh, anyway, thank you very much, mate. Let's. Oh no, off. congratulations, Rob. Cheers, mate. Um, what have you got? Any emails, Josh? Should we do some emails. Uh, yes. Shall we do some rural life stuff? Oh, I did have one other thing I wanted to say to you, Rob. Oh yeah, come on, mate. I was so busy the other day. Yeah. Uh, you know when a day just gets away from you, right? Yeah. So we went to the garden centre, and then it was a bit of a rush at the garden centre, and then we drove back, and then my daughter fell asleep in the car, and then it was stressful. She gets very angry when you wake her up at the end of a car journey. Yeah. Awful experience, that. And then um, we got inside, and then and then suddenly it was bedtime, and we were doing bedtime, right? Yeah. And it was half six, and then there was some cat sick on the floor and oh, I thought no. I've got to clear that up and then I went in and I was doing bedtime Ugh. and then I had a podcast to record in the evening. Yeah. It was 6.30, Rob, and I had needed, not to be too graphic, I'd needed a shit since 2pm. <laughs> and I couldn't believe this thought entered my head. I genuinely, this, I was like, how has my life come to thinking this? I thought, I'll probably have to do it about 9pm now. <laughs> It's amazing what your body can do under pressure. <laughs> just, I was like, what has my life come to? That I'm scheduling in shit. shit for two and a half hours' time, having already needed it four and a half hours ago. Oh, oh my God. I bet it felt good when it came, didn't it? Well, <laughs> I was walking to do it. Have you ever stepped on cats? Oh, no. It is proper oh. cartoon. It's like a banana skin. <laughs> Genuinely. I skidded along the floor like I was in the Bash Street, kids. It was unbelievable. <laughs> oh no! Anyway, oh, God. Oh, um, I've got to talk about. I got drunk again at the weekend on Saturday. I went out with my mate, and I've just got to stop drinking. I can't do. I can't cope with the hangover. I'm, it's I've, too. It's too. It's too difficult these days. Yeah, but and I'm. Just, I get so excited. I go at it like a retired footballer. I'm like Ray <laughs> Parler, just absolutely hammering it. And I can't. Have you been? In, have you been through Soho yet? And then on a Saturday no, night? No, of course oh my not. God, it's like an, it's it's awful. It's like a it's, you know like a state of emergency when like everyone has to like <laughs> run somewhere like to get away from like a volcano or something. Yeah. It's horrific. But um, yeah, I've, I'm, I'm going to stop. It's not good for you. I can't deal with a hangover with the kids. No, it's too much. I can't. I can't be bothered with a hangover anymore. It's not worth it. It's, it's, it's forty-eight hours minimum. Yeah, it's just not worth it, Rob. No, it's, it's not. just simply not worth it. And it makes me, it, I feel so depressed on a hangover yeah. and feel so fragile. And I just think I cannot wait to just be sat in front of the TV looking at my phone at 7.30 tonight. <laughs> That's all I, all I wish. That's all I'm thinking about all day. Oh dear. Well, yeah. Let, well, let's stop. I'm going to stop. What drinking. did you do with your Sunday on your hangover? How did you, how did you deal with it? Well, luckily, um, Lou um, was Lou took the kids around her friends, so I'd uh, Lou's been treating me. You lucky pig. Yeah. So she, 
<laughs> she took me. She took the kids out the Sunday, right? And then I said, I'll get up with them on Monday, on Bank Holiday Monday, um, for a lie-in. Like, she could have a lie-in, I'll get up with them. So they came in about half six, seven. And then I shut my eyes. And before I knew it, it was 9 a.m. And I said, Lou, she went, oh, yeah, I was up anyway. I thought I'd let you sleep in. And I was like, you know in, like, teeting EastEnders when someone's having an affair? And they're, <laughs> and they're treating their spouse too well. But at this stage... I don't care who she's fucking if she's this nice to me. <laughs> I'll take that. Oh, Rob. But yeah, oh, she's been dear. treating me like an absolute dream, oh, Josh. you lucky, lucky man, I'm a lucky Rob. man. Can I tell you about some rural school days yes, that please. people have sent us? How about this one? Okay. I think I may be the winner of the quirkiest village school. I'm 27 and I'm from South Wales. I attended a school where the entire school, reception age to year six, consisted of 16 children. Few points to explain. Not only were my mum and auntie the nursery minders over the road for the kids before they went to primary school, the primary school also consisted of my brother, me and three of my cousins, all consecutive a year apart from each other, meaning my family made up a third of the entire school population. <laughs> Similar to Josh, we had no canteen, so the local meals would be fried by Meals on Wheels, Rugby Thursdays and Football Fridays were a weekly favourite, uh, where a Welsh rugby player or Mr Football would turn up at the school and run afternoon activities. Kids would regularly turn up to the school on the back of their family quad bike. What? I've seen them quad bike. I've seen a sheep on a quad bike. You've seen a sheep on a quad bike? Yeah, with a farmer, though, not on his own. All right, okay. <laughs> And I was like, You do need to stop the drinking. He had a sheep on the front and a dog on the back, and he was in the middle. Absolutely nailing life. Was this on Wallace and Gromit? No, it was real when I was travelling somewhere up north through Yorkshire, like the proper farming area. And he, I just looked at him. I was like, What a world he lit. It's so mad that in the same world and time in history that he exists and Deliveroo. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, in many ways, Rob, they're just someone on a bike delivering a sheep, but it's just a different <laughs> yeah, type exactly. of sheep. Maybe that is just, that's why he's going. He's had a really long journey and he'll, he'll cut it up and cook it en route. <laughs> um, I want to tell you, Rob, about triplets. Okay. Hi, Rob and Josh. I've been thinking of writing into your podcast for some time. My parents had a particularly interesting experience raising my sisters and I. We are identical triplets. My parents weren't expecting to have more than one child, so were totally shocked when they went for the second scan. There were three of us. This was in the mid-90s, so having triplets was a scary prospect, with the odds of something going wrong much higher than today, but thankfully we were born healthy. A month and a half early, my mum quit her job to take care of us. My dad kept working as a teacher, worked into the evening as a tutor to make ends meet. While this might seem like he got the better deal, as he didn't usually come home until we were asleep, so only hearing the after the Alice James episode when I asked him how old we were when we finally slept through at night that I realised he had lived through his own parenting hell. <laughs> My dad would work at the school in the day, tutor in the evening, and then get up with us in the night. And he revealed to me that we didn't sleep through the night until we were two years old. He couldn't nap between feeds as he would finish feeding one, oh. changing one of us, try to get back in the bed, and then another would cry. This would continue throughout the night so he'd sneak in small 20-minute naps until my mum would get up in the morning and he would have to go back to work. Oh, my God. Can you imagine that? No, what? I bet he was so shit at his job. Can you imagine being the teacher <laughs> of an unruly class <laughs> On that and you've been up for a year and a half? I'd love to see the grades of his students in that two-year period. <laughs> 
going to be studies about this mad drop off in that area <laughs> and how it hit the economy. Where <laughs> Ofsted's going, we don't understand what has gone wrong with your school. <laughs> oh, dear. That is brutal. It's brutal, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, I should add, my family went to visit my cousin and aunt in Australia. And uncle. My sisters and I were around eight and the time. Absolutely loved the flight, as we'd never had food or TVs on a plane before. We flew to Sydney and stayed with my uncle and family. One flight from Sydney to Brisbane, my dad sat away from us, so it was just the three of us and my mum together. So every time one of us needed the bathroom, we all had to go. We had to walk past most of the plane to get to the bathrooms. On another trip, one of the cabin crew came up to us very shocked and said, Excuse me, are you triplets? (laughs) What a question. No, there's a bit with quads. There's one in the toilet having a shit. (laughs) We said yes. Uh, used to the question at this point, but very confused as why she seems uh, so worried. She then revealed... Who's asking? (laughs) She then revealed to us that one of the people we kept passing on our way to the bathroom was an elderly Australian man who'd been drinking wine on the flight. (laughs) Upon seeing us, he immediately asked the stewardess, are there triplets on the flight? She responded that there weren't, at which point he told her to stop serving him any alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> take the wine away from him as he was seeing triple this is like something from a disney movie oh, the, the amount people drink on a plane i was on a flight to australia when i did the i'm a celebrity show and they send you business class right so you it was an emirates and it's amazing yeah. you, there's a bar on the actual plane right oh my and God. then the chair goes into a bed right and like a proper bed yeah. like it's so incredible. can you go up and sit at the bar yeah like oh man yeah, alive it's, it's, it, it is exhilarating to the point Take of just me there oh, it's unbelievable right and it's only on emirates and stuff um because i've flown with like other people with work and it's just like a nice chair and more space but yeah. emirates is amazing anyway so we stood at the bar drinking it was a 14 hour flight he stood at that bar i'd say for 12 hours beers little bit he busted had 25 little beers right chatting away lovely geese weren't any trouble but just bang banging them back right and then he stumbled back so he had to sit down right there was about an hour and a half left of the flight he's paid like you know whatever thousands of pounds this bed he fell, fell asleep sat upright in the chair not even turned didn't even didn't even recline it slightly like literally like rigid back or ridge back stiff back straight up asleep for an hour woke up was in sydney it was amazing oh what a legend it's so oh, funny words like, didn't even oh. didn't even recline it slightly but i think everyone in business class is being paid for it's like when you go into first class on a train during the week and you're like everyone here is doing this on some kind of business because there's no way anyone would pay for this out of their own pocket. No, and I think even with kids, I've seen kids, when I've been there doing it on work and I've seen kids on business, it's sort of a waste really. I do think, I think it's, if you can afford it and you've got silly money, go business, obviously, because it doesn't really matter to you. But if you're like stretching yourself, I, I went premium economy with the kids and it did make a massive difference that, but I don't yeah. think the jump up from that to, they, they don't need a bed, the kids, do they? They're only small. But if you go... Premium economy it does give you more space, so that is, I think, worth the extra money if you're doing a long haul flight. Get those front seats, mate. Front, get the, exactly. If you get, get the front, front seat, seats, you've got your own little front room. So that's what we did when we. Yeah, were, we love went, the so. front seats on a plane. And also, as well, you feel guilty if you've got kids on the posh bit and they're screaming and someone's paid all that money. Do you feel guilty, or do you feel alive? I I feel alive when I'm on a plane and there's a kid's crying. And it's not mine. Oh my god! I, the people that the people that moan about that. 
I, f- I feel like you don't understand how good this feels knowing it's not my kid crying. I totally agree. Before you have a kid, that is the most annoying thing in the world. Once yeah. you have a kid, it's glorious because it's not you. <laughs> exactly. It's a, it's a total it's, 180 degree it, turn it? of experience. I don't think there's anything that's that, uh, uh, such an about turn as babies yeah. crying on a plane. Oh my God. It's absolutely keep it crying. Keep Here that baby I am. crying. I'm uh, watching Marley and me, and there you are trying to deal with a crying baby. <laughs> Um, Josh, should we do small business shout outs? Let's do it. I've got one here. Yes. Do you know what? A link from Marley and me. This is about dogs. <laughs> okay. Uh, we are a social enterprise where every bag of dog food sold, we donate to another dog in need. Mm. We launched during lockdown and so far have donated over 15,000 dog meals to rescue centers and dog charities. Thanks to our customers who get to select who they're donating to from animal food banks to overseas street dogs. All our profits are turned into food donations so we don't have the big budget for advertising. We do offer samples of the dog food. These are available to request online at www.bradshawsdogs.com. Overseas street dogs, they sound yeah. so cool. I thought that. <laughs> <laughs> like there's some sort of like gangster dogs, like overseas street. I'm a, street, I'm a fucking street dog. It feels like a uh, computer game you'd have played. <laughs> What's up, street dog? <laughs> I'm an overseas mother mother Bradshaw give my mother dinner. Where my dinner at, Bradshaw? I'm an overseas street dog. Mother Michael's going to have a lot of bleeping to do in this episode. I'm a street dog. Um, okay, that's Bradshaw's. Uh, S. With an S dot com. Uh, do you want to give that address as the overseas street dog? www.bradshawsdog.com, mother f- <laughs> Sorry, Michael. Uh, I should add, yeah. love the podcast, and I'm so pleased my daughters are older, in brackets 11, 7, uh, so I don't have to do battle every day. So all I have to do is change the Wi-Fi password, and then they behave. However, I did find out my 11-year-old also listens to this podcast, I'm livid about this because she loves Rob. Oh. So I get the five-year-olds, they love me. You get the 11-year-olds, Rob. We're really tapping into the young market. I uh, I think, though, we, this is a great long-term strategy for us because then when they get older and they can buy a ticket exactly. to a tour exactly. show, it's sort of like we're really future-proofing ourselves as, as, as a brand, Josh. This is great. Totally. Have I told you about when a baby came to my tour show? I'll tell you on Friday, Rob. <laughs> if you do mention Bradshaws, feel free to tell my daughter. Oh, you've not done this story yet. I can't believe we haven't done that. It's been a year. Oh, you've got... Anyway, we'll talk about the, the baby at the gig on Friday. I've got if another you... shout-out. Oh, wait, well. wait, 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 wait. If you do mention Bradshaws, feel free to tell my daughter, Rebecca, that this podcast is not for her and go and tidy her room. Let's yeah. be honest. I think the swearing in this episode has done that job for us. Yeah, exactly. Thanks much, Lee Laura. Bradshawsdogs.com. Um, okay, we've got another one. Hi, guys. Been loving the podcast since day dot. This is Abby. Um, I know this is a bit of a long shot. No, it isn't. It's a short shot and it's hit the target. I'm a mobile now technician. I, I've, I added that in. She hasn't written that like a lunatic. Anyway, I know it's a long shot, but I am a mobile now technician in Cardiff with no kids. I don't know why. Oh, she doesn't know kids. Listen, listen, I'm mobile so that I can be accessible for every single person, no matter their physical ability. Oh. 
everyone deserves beautiful nails. Oh, so that means you must go to like old people's homes and stuff like that if people can't get yeah. out and about. Oh, that's good. Everyone deserves beautiful nails. My Instagram and YouTube is at Able Nails. That is A B L E N A I L S. And she, yeah, that's amazing. There, I also do press on now orders so anyone from anywhere can get some. Um, the super kindest regards, Abby. I've, she's, she's really good. I've just looked at her, her uh, Instagram. Some amazing ones. The blue ones on there. Look at that. Oh, so yeah. So she's very creative. So I think Abby can do your normal nails or very creative ones. Some incredible ones. Yeah. So it's able nails. Good luck, Abby, with the business. Hope you. Good luck, well. Abby. Good luck, Laura. From Bradshaw's Dogs. Able nails. Bradshaw's Dogs. I think Rob. That is about it. That is us done. Oh, also these nails are vegan and cruelty free. Oh yes, Romesh yeah. can get them. Yes, Romesh can get his nails done. Lovely. His nails done <laughs> yeah. for the Baftas. That's good actually. I love cruelty free because the place um, Lou goes to, they do a bit of seal clubbing for an hour. And then, um, then the nails get done. <laughs> if any chips are sorted, so um, it's good. I didn't know you could do. I didn't know you could get your nails done without bashing up an animal. So, good to know. <laughs> um, thank you to everyone. We'll see you on Friday. See you on Friday. Uh-huh. 